Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I was reading um, the book of James a couple of weeks ago and there was this verse that really struck me. It was talking about um, Abraham and his life. And it said this line, it said, um, it said that he was called the friend of God. I thought that is amazing, I think. You know, you look in the Bible and you have these people that are, that are called friends of God, and it's, and it's truly amazing. And that's what I wanted to um, preach on today. Um, I think I've actually got a slide, so this is actually quite good. Um, but about how Jesus is, is looking for friends. Um, is, that, is that a grand reveal? It's, it's really, yeah, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, Robin, Robin did a good PowerPoint last week, and I've got one slide. So in terms of... <laughs> In terms of PowerPoint skills, it's all downhill from here. This is all you see. Um, but I just wanted to put a title. But um, that how Jesus is looking for friends. Um, it's amazing. You see these people, you know, um, speaks in the Bible that Enoch walked with God, that Abraham was a friend of God, that Noah walked with God. You had Elijah. You had Elisha. You had even David, God honored him so much that he forever called Jesus the son of David and gave him that title. Such was his affection and his, his trust of who David was and his honor for him. And it's one of the amazing things of the Christian life that even though salvation is a, is a wonderful free gift, that friendship is developed over time, just like it is amongst us and how Jesus is looking for friends and longs for friends, but that is built over time. And that's really what I wanted to preach on today, of what that means to be a friend of God. You know, just like, in, just like among us, that friendship takes time, not just maybe in duration, but in, in time with that person, in time going through things. Um, this is in, you know, in our walk with God, in our spiritual maturity, that in all these things, maybe it's in secret, maybe it's in times where no one else sees, but... In these moments, this is where you are deepening your friendship and your relationship with God. And that this is what God is looking for and what God honors in the end. And this is what I really want to talk about today, that in everything that we do, in all of our decisions, in all of our choices, in our hearts, in our motives, in our commitments to the Lord, in everything, that, that Jesus is rewarding that. And that it, is, it is deepening our relationship and our friendship with him. And this is Jesus' great desire that not only are we saved, but that we're his close friends. This is when, you know, Jesus becomes dearer to us than everything else the world has, that he truly becomes, as the scripture says, our all in all. When Jesus is much more to us than just like an entry point, but that he is the meaning of everything, that he is the one that is, it, everything is unto. And this is, and I want to go through some scriptures of showing this special company of people where their heart's desire is for Jesus and him alone and, and their love for him. And this is what God greatly honors. You know, it says in the end of Revelation 4 in, in the King James, it says that we were made for his good pleasure. That God chose to make us. And not only did he make us, but he made us in a way for himself because he delighted in having a creation that he longs for us, not just to do, but he longs for our hearts. And that's why Throughout the Old Testament, it grieved him so much when the children of Israel would continuously turn away to other gods or to other people or to forsake him. It's, it's what grieved him and wounded him. 
And I want to speak, just, I want to go through, I'm going to kind of go through a few scriptures throughout the Bible. It's kind of, it's probably like a two-part, like, preaching all put into one, so you'll just have to bear with me a little bit. But um, if you would go to Matthew 26, I'm just going to dart around a few scriptures. There's so much more, but I want to just kind of get the surface level of this, of what this means to be a friend of God. So it's Matthew 26, and I'm just going to read verses 31 to 32. And it says here, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. This is speaking of the night before Calvary, the night before he goes away. This is his parting words to his disciples before what they didn't really understand what was about to happen. But you see here, even at Jesus' crucifixion, even when he is deserted and forsaken by all, the ones that he loved most, even when as soon as he was struck, everyone fled the scene, that Jesus says, after I've been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. You see then at the resurrection when when the women meet him at the tomb and he says, tell the disciples that I will meet them in Galilee, that as soon as he was raised, his will and his desire was to meet with them again and to go before them again, even though they had forsaken him. Even though in his greatest hour, he was forsaken, that he would not forsake them and that he would go before them. And this shows the heart and the will of God for us. And the desire of God is to, he's longing for us. He's longing for our hearts that even when we have forsaken him, that we, can, we know that he is a faithful God and he never forsakes us. And it's an amazing promise that we have that Jesus is our, our wonderful God. He's humble, he's forgiving, he is a pure and holy king that never leaves us, that never deserts us, even when we have done him wrong, that he does not, us no wrong, that he is our king forever and there is no one like him, that he never fails us. And that's why we worship him today. That's why... We are so thankful that we serve a God that has never left us, that took on everything that we deserve to take and went before us and goes before us today. I'm going to go to another verse real quick. This is Psalm 69. If, if you don't want to turn there, you can just hear me and just take my word for it. And you can turn there later. But this is Psalm 69. I'm sure to read. It's just one verse, verse 20. And it says here, Psalm 69, 20, it says, Re- Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. You know, this psalm, although it is written by David, is a parallel and speaking to Jesus and about Jesus. You see earlier in this chapter, if you want to read through Psalm 69, It speaks about how, though I have stolen nothing, I still must restore it. Speaking of Jesus paying for our sins. He says, zeal for your house has eaten me up, which is repeated again in the gospel. And it says, the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me, which is repeated in Romans. Speaking specifically of Christ Jesus. And then to top it off, the verse straight after what I read said, they gave me gall for my food and for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. Speaking of what he was given at the cross. What I want to remind you guys today is that in the Bible, Jesus doesn't just pop up in Matthew. 
leave in the beginning of Acts and then pop up again in Revelation, that he is in every single book of the Bible. That's why he's called the living word. That all of it speaks unto Jesus. And even in Psalm 69, even though the words aren't in red, that this is speaking of Jesus. And this was speaking of the night. And he says, I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character does not change. His heart does not change. His will is immovable. It does not change. And it's one of the great mysteries and invitations of the Christian life that we, as, as lowly as we are, as lowly as I am compared to God, that we can bring comfort to Jesus, that we can comfort the heart of God, and we can bring joy and comfort, and we can evoke emotions out of God, who is high and above all. It's, it is a, an amazing, mind-boggling thing that we can, in essence, bring comfort to Jesus, who is the great comforter. This can be in many things. This can be an intercession. This can be when you're praying God's will over someone else, and they're in a, a desperate time, or over a nation, or over a place. When you're praying the will of God, you are bringing comfort to Jesus. You are standing with him in the midst of of wickedness and darkness. It could be it defending his name in conversations or defending the gospel when it's being slandered or it's being mocked. When you are standing there and you are defending Jesus, you are bringing comfort to him. It could be in times of worship and devotion. It could be times when you are worshiping God in the midst of one of the hardest trials of your life and you are still praising him. You are bringing comfort to Jesus. It could be times when you are praying to God in, a, in a, a city or in a world that hates God and actively goes against him. When you are doing that, you are bringing comfort and fellowship and friendship with Jesus. You are establishing these things. And it's said that even at that time at the cross that he looked for comforters, he found none. But today, he is still looking for comforters. He is still looking for friends. And this is the great invitation that we have, that Jesus is still looking for comforters today. He has not changed. And this is Jesus' heart for us. That those two scriptures were just uh, scratching on the surface of what Jesus longs for. And if you would turn again to Revelation 14, I just want to read a couple of verses here, speaking of what it means to be a friend of Jesus and what that looks like. You know, I used, to, I used to always be afraid of reading Revelations. I kind of always stay clear of it because you have people with these crazy, amazing kind of pictures of what Revelation means, and it would kind of blow me away because I, I was like, I don't know, 13, 14. I'd be like, I, I do not see what they're on about. But it's, it's amazing. Some people have these, uh, show these amazing pictures of what it will be. But what I want to remind you of is, is Revelation is not a book solely about the Antichrist or about the end of the world. It says... In the very title, it is about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And although those things are 100% important, and it's, and it's good to know it, and the Bible says it's a blessing for you to read it, that when you read Revelation, it's not about finding out which prime minister in the next election is going to be the Antichrist, but it is more about who Jesus is. For like every election cycle, it's a, it's a new one that's coming. So uh, <laughs> we'll find out next time. Um, but, but it is a book about Jesus, and all those, though those other things are important, it is the, the great desire of that book is the revealing of Jesus Christ to us as the risen king seated at the right hand of God. 
So don't be afraid of reading it. That's what I'm saying. All right. So Revelation 14. I'm just going to read verses 1 to 4. It said, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a loud voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. And this is what I want to read here. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. You know, there's a lot to speak about in that, but the, the key thing that I wanted to, to pick up there was that they would follow the Lamb wherever he goes. And this is the key to, to friendship and deep friendship with God, be, being a great friend of God. This is what it means, is, is friendship with Jesus. It's to always follow him wherever he goes. You know, Paul speaks about it in Philippians 3. It says, to know him and the power of his resurrection. And a lot of people will just leave the scripture there. But it goes on. It says, to know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. That there is great fellowship in the sufferings of Jesus. And to know him and to follow him wherever he goes is to have a heart and a mind that says, I want every part of Jesus. I want, the, I want all of it. I don't just want the glory and the majesty of knowing Jesus. I want to know what's his heart's desire. What, God, what is it that breaks your heart, Jesus? What is, it, what is it that grieves you? What is it that, what can I do to bring comfort to Jesus? It is that heart, it is that kind of person that wants all of Jesus and doesn't just want all the, the nice bits, but wants the, wants the power of his resurrection and wants the fellowship of his sufferings. And in these things, that's what it means. That's part of what it means to follow the lamb wherever he goes, is to have all of Jesus, is to have a desire of, I want every single part of this gospel. I want every single part of the person of Jesus Christ. And it's to be faithful and loving Jesus through it all. It's, it's to go through the highs and the lows with, with our relationship with God. And that's why friendship with Jesus requires following him and sharing with him in every season of our lives. You know, even when we have friends or you're in a marriage, you know, the high times are great and you can have friends and you go out for coffee and you have a lovely time. But when you go through things with people and you come out the other side, there is a depth to your friendship there. It's more than just we've had some nice moments. It's we've been through stuff and we've actually got through it. And there is a, your friendship is strengthened in those times when you are going through things and you come out of it and you are still there and you're still standing. And it, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your friendship, and it's in those moments, there is that great fellowship and there's that deepening of your friendship. It's not, it's not to say of our walk with God that we welcome these things, no, but it's to say that when we go through these things, we know that on the other side there is a depth to our relationship with God and there is great honor and reward that God has for us there because he knows that he can trust us with much because we've been through much with him. And in these things, it is, is a wonderful opportunity. It's not to be seen as, as just in the moment as a tough trial, but it's to be seen as what, can, what will happen as a result of us going through this. What will happen in my walk with God? What will, 
what does God have for me on the other side of this? And it's in our committing ourselves to him, in our following him wherever he goes and being faithful and loving and loyal to Jesus through it all that there is great reward that I'll talk about later. You know, it's even in our times, it might be when we're having wonderful successes and high highs that we share that with Jesus, and that is amazing. But even in the lows of, of great confusion or tragedy in our lives, that when we are with Jesus in all of it, when we are committing ourselves unto him in every single part of it, that there is a great reward. And, and God sees that as a special company. You know, in that chapter, in that bit that I read just there, that was a the 144,000, that these were distinct from the others because they followed Jesus wherever he went. And there is a, there is a distinction that God puts on those that he can trust, that, that are loving, that are faithful to him, and want all of Jesus, and will commit everything to him, even if it's at the cost of their own personal lives. You know, salvation is a wonderful gift, and it is for all, but friendship takes time, to build, and it's not a cheap thing that God gives away. That he wants friendship with all of us, but as we build it with our history of God, with our daily decisions, with our laying down of our lives, with choosing him in every single circumstance, that is when the depths of our relationship with God and our friendship with God goes deeper and deeper and deeper, and it bears fruit that remains. You know, I had this, I was, um, I had some interviews recently, and Thank, thank God I got the job, and I was, at, I was at the final interview, and I was speaking to this um, senior guy, and we were just talking, and, um, and it was hard, hard to read him, but we were talking and stuff, and then he asked me, you know, just asking about my life, like, what books have you, have you been reading recently, just to get to know me? And always in those times, in an interview, I'm always a bit like, do I talk about being Christian, because I don't want them to think they're on the back foot because I've now shared my religion, but it's like, I can't lie. So then I speak about George Mueller. I spoke to him about this man. I was saying that how I'm a Christian and how this man was an amazing man who, who laid down his life for all these kids. And then I spoke to him a little bit about how, you know, the Christian life where everything in this world is out for yourself, out for yourself. But in the great Christian life and what George Mueller did was to lay down his life for others. And even in those moments where it could have cost me everything, it could have cost me not everything. It could have cost me that job. It could have cost me all the rounds I got through, what I wanted. I wanted that job. I've been praying to God, asking for that job. But even in those moments, it's making those decisions that I'm doing this unto the Lord. And if God wants it, then I'll have it. But I'm not going to forsake Jesus in this time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend. And it's in all these moments. And there are, I'm sure we all have plenty more testimonies where we have stood up and we have spoken the name of Jesus, even if it looks like it's going to be to our own short-term disadvantage. You know, people don't want to hear that, but there might be times where you have, to, you have to stand for the gospel or you have to stand based on what Jesus has said, even if it looks like it's going to hurt you in the short term. But it's in these things that God honors it and he rewards it, and you are allowing God himself to move in that situation because you are faithfully following him wherever he goes in everything. And this is what it is to have a friendship with God. It's committing everything to him in every situation is to be faithful to him. And his desire is for our good. He doesn't want us to be suffering all the time. It's not about that, but it's, it's to commit yourself to him so he can truly work in your heart and in your life and in those around you, and you can be a shining light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This can be from little things. It could be waking up a little bit earlier to be with the Lord, even though it's cold 
and you're tired. It could be things of saying that you're a Christian to your family. It could be saying, it could be talking about your faith or standing up for the right thing in your workplace or in a situation. But in all these things, when you are faithfully and sometimes publicly committing yourself to the Lord, that God honors that. And that is where great friendship and honor is built. It could be times in secret. You are praying unto the Lord. You could be doing a hundred other things, but you are choosing to be with Jesus, that this isn't wasted time, that this is time of deepening your friendship with God, and he honors it for all eternity. It could be when you have the temptations of this world or friends around you. I know what it's like when I was in school, and you have so many temptations, so many things. It could be in your workplace, in your family, but you are refusing those temptations daily. You are refusing the things of this world. You are refusing that way of thinking of where you need to get justice for yourself or you need to bring vengeance for yourself. But you are following Jesus as the lowly lamb of God and you are taking his way and not your way. And in all these things, he will honor that with great friendship. That's why Jesus said repeatedly in the gospel, he said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That obedience doesn't always mean love, but you can love your way into obedience. You can, out of love for God, you could, it looks like obedience. That love looks like obedience to Jesus. And this is what it is to have fellowship with him, is to share everything with Jesus and to want Jesus to share everything with you. Not just Jesus, give me Give me all the good stuff, which is wonderful, but it's, Jesus, share me, what is, what, what are you thinking right now? What is, what is your heart saying right now? You know, the scriptures say how you're grieved here. God, I, I repent. Help me to live a life that pleases you. Help me to live a life where I help those that are in darkness, that I am serving those, or I'm being a light in a situation. This is where we want every part of Jesus, and that Jesus wants every part of us, and it's to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. I want to read... I don't know how am I doing the time. Okay, I've got a bit of time. If you go to Matthew 20, again, I'm just kind of scattergun, just going through a few verses here, but I'm just trying to get kind of to the point, to the point here of what I'm trying to preach on. If you go to Matthew 20, it's just a couple of verses again. I'm going to read verses 20 to 22. And it says here, this is Jesus, again, before the cross, but with his disciples. It says here, so Matthew 20, verse 20 to 22. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, this is of James and John, came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one on your left in the kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And to be baptized with the baptism I am to be baptized with. It's amazing they got their mum to speak on their behalf. A um, bit of leverage. But even though this was speaking of his upcoming crucifixion, this is also a parallel to the Christian life. That James and John wanted these places of great honor, of great glory, of great majesty, to be at the left and the right hand of Jesus. They wanted the, the honor and the friendship and the, the, the great rewards of being close to Jesus. And Jesus' response to them was, are you prepared to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? You know, to be loyal to Jesus and to follow him wherever he goes brings great reward and brings great nearness to God, but it doesn't just get given away, and it means to endure and to follow him wherever he goes. 
And in that, he said to them, are you prepared to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink? And it speaks again that when we are following Jesus, that's what Jesus is longing for. He's longing for our friendship, but it means to have all of him and to commit all our ways to him in every single, in our daily decisions, in our daily walks with God. This is to go with him in in great glory, to see great miracles, see great answers to prayer and our praise and our worship, but also in times of maybe in persecution. Maybe, Maybe you are following what God commands us to do, but everyone else in the world is, is getting rich or, or seemingly having a better life doing another way. And you have to, you are choosing to follow Jesus, even if it is at your own personal cost. But in all these things, it brings great glory. And, and as Jesus said to here, are you prepared to drink of the cup that I'm about to drink? Are you going to follow me in all of these things? And this is the key to great friendship with God, is to share with Jesus in all of our experiences, in everything, is to share it with Jesus and give it unto the Lord. You know, is it, are we prepared to, to pray these words, like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Are we prepared to say that and truly mean it, not my will, but yours be done? Are we prepared to forgive and pray for others that have hurt us, that have spitefully gone against us, that have persecuted us? Are we prepared to pray and forgive them like Jesus asked us to? You know, are we prepared to, maybe on the other side, are we prepared to worship Jesus even when we're going through the hardest thing we've ever been through in our life? Are we prepared to worship him and give him thanks and praise and honor even in our hardest of times? Are we prepared maybe conversely, are we prepared that when we're receiving great praise or adulation or congratulations, are we prepared to commit that to the Lord and reject all thoughts of pride all thoughts of self-promotion and preservation, are we prepared to then give that to Jesus and, and thank him in the midst of it all and, and dedicate it all to him? These are the things that Jesus asks for us, and it, is, it can be costly, it can be painful in the short term, but it come, in it comes great reward. In these things come great reward in, in closeness to Jesus, in great honor, in great glory, and not only is it is it a reward in this life, but it is a reward for all eternity. It is something way more precious than anything this world can give. And that is what it, is in, what it means in following Jesus wherever he goes. You know, it might be things where you are doing something and you, you have accomplished so many things and you've got a great role and God asks you to give it to someone else. Would you do that for him? Would you lay, would you lay aside everything you have built, everything you have accomplished, if it truly belongs to Jesus, would you do that for his namesake? These are the things that he looks for in a, in a loyal heart, in a, a loving heart, someone that wants to be a great friend of Jesus. And this is what he looks for today. He doesn't change. And in this great friendship comes great favor. It comes great honor, great reward that lasts eternity. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.